Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Inside Saddleback with Steve Gladen. Happy April to all of you small group point people out there in the trenches of small group ministry. And thank you so much for tuning in to listen to our show today. We hope you had a great Easter with your families and your churches. As always, Derek here along with your other host, Steve. Hey, everybody. Great to see you post this Easter. So, Steve, uh, I got to ask you, how much did you enjoy the March Madness portion of this year's college basketball tournament? Uh, well, pretty much, you know, uh, after, you know, the Buckeyes lost to ORU, uh, you can't, you can't put that down because, you know, the, you know, Oral Roberts, so he's a good Christian university. So, but, uh, yeah, once they lost, I kind of lost, lost favor, but, you know, at least they made it to the sweet ORU made it to the sweet 16, which shows you they were quite a quality team. But, uh, after that, you know what, I've just was focused on Holy week and Easter and, in, and enjoying, um, the the real reason for the season. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking of you um, as your beloved number two seed Ohio State Buckeyes lose to number fifteen Oral Roberts. I mean, that's like David and Goliath. That's like I thought maybe Ohio State was trying to give us a spiritual parallel there. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're pressing my forgiveness button. I can tell, but you know. Uh, I think we have a show, so let's let's go into the show because that, that's that, that's more memorable. So with Easter having just happened, Steve, one more thing I got to ask you, just you know, to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better, mm-hmm. are you a Cadbury egg kind of a guy or not? You know, I, I think I'm I'm embarrassed to say this. I'm not sure what a Cadbury egg is, unless it's Cadbury or something like that. I'm not sure. What oh it. my word! Okay, for listeners, if you're like me and you love Cadbury eggs. Um, when we post this a show in our Facebook group, uh, Small Group Network Facebook group, let me know if you're a Cadbury egg kind of person like I am. Because uh, I was telling Steve, before I was diagnosed with a diabetes, <laughs> I, uh, I would crush Cadbury eggs. But I can't have them anymore. And he doesn't even know what they are. This is crazy. I, I don't want to talk about a correlation. Yeah, you're, you're talking about, you know, you used to crush Cadbury eggs and, you know, now you're dealing with it. But uh, for, for the listeners who may be in my camp, who are just stuck with, you know, hollow, hollow cheap chocolate Easter, Easter bunnies, uh, what, uh, what's a Cadbury egg? A Cadbury egg. And I cannot believe I have to explain this on air is <laughs> the most amazing Easter treat that one can have. It's a, basically this a large, you know, life-size chocolate egg. And inside, as you get to the center, you bite into the gooeyest, sweetest, like yolk frosting. It's amazing. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll have to give something away to, you know, uh, post poster number five, whoever posts number five, uh, Derek will get you a Cadbury egg and help you to enjoy that uh, sweet sensation. Uh, and, and then we'll pray for you that you don't get diabetes. So we'll, we'll just uh, leave it at that. So later today during our um, uh, trending topic, we're going to be talking about the five levels of true fellowship. And that's going to be later in the show. So make sure and stick around for that. Uh, but as we go into the uh, Saddleback scoop, Steve, uh, what's maybe the main word 
you're thinking of as we sit here post Easter? Yeah, you know, as we go through our show and we uh, kind of break it up into four blocks, you know, with the Saddleback Scoop, I, I would have to say, you know, it is regathering, uh, you know, that's been front and center with us. You know, it was just a little over a year ago with the pandemic, we had to shut our services down, but due to a, a lot of circumstances that are, are moving around uh, or that are changing with the, the vaccinations and just a, a number of our numbers are trending downward on the, on the virus. We uh, took the step to regather, which it's been an amazing, uh, amazing time to be, obviously for those of you that have already regathered, that's a, a big piece. But I, I think a couple things uh, for us to keep in mind as small group point people is that, you know, uh, groups never, never, at least uh, mostly around the world, never ceased. Uh, we kept gathering in the house-to-house format. A lot of people, the, the weekend, the temple courts shut down. But we get the privilege to uh, minister in an age of change or an age of chaos uh, that, that we can see. Um, there is no coming back to normal. There's a new normal. A lot of things will look different. Society will look different act differently. Uh, so many things, even in the construction world, things are being constructed differently. So there's a lot of change that's floating out, but for many of us, it's chaos. And I remember when I was a junior high pastor, uh, you know, our, our group, uh, junior high w- w- was called chaos and uh, high school was called control. Uh, but for chaos, our, our acronym was, you know, Christ has all our solutions. And for some of you, whether you, how you deal with change, whether it's change or it's chaos for you, just remember, you know, Christ has all our solutions. Uh, my prayer for every one of the small group point people is First uh, Chronicles 1232. And it says, the men understood the times and knew what to do. And as you're looking at that scripture, I'm praying that each one of you, that you and your churches, as Temple Courts is firing up uh, and adjusting to a new normal, and your small groups are, are pulling through, that uh, you not only understand the times, you understand your culture, but you you know uh, what to do. And we're, and we're praying for that. And, you know, if there's two things I've learned through this this year off, and I want to go through just a number of points that as we're as we are regathering and reflecting back on there is I've learned that people tend to fill silence with suspicion. And that's why last month we, we talked about four consequences that you want to avoid uh, because you didn't handle that, that silence well uh, in a moment. I encourage you to go back to last month and, and listen to that. But uh, first thing was people tend to fill silence with suspicion. The other thing I've learned about human nature is that to a wounded person, everything hurts, uh, you know, and we have had a 13-month run of people getting wounded for reason X, Y, or Z. And so that's why all the more important as we um, are, are coming into a, a nationwide presence of, you know, things look like they're getting better it's going to be all that more important that we're, we're clear on what and where we're headed for and an understanding what people have been through. So, you know, we understand, you know, what our culture has gone through, but we want to be clear on, you know, where we're headed. And as Saddleback is regathering, we're focusing on the five exile books. 
that are in the Old Testament and the learnings that you can that you can get through those. And Rick has been doing a, a, a just an amazing job of uh, helping us get some practical learnings as we come out of. Uh, that we learn from God's word in the Old Testament of, you know, what what are those learnings of, of coming through exile? And I just encourage you to go back and watch the uh, Palm Sunday and this coming uh, weekend uh, after Palm Sunday when this show is being posted, uh, just to understand, you know, uh, what are those seven key learnings that we're pulling out of uh, coming out of this, this COVID exile. But, uh, you know, just understand that throughout this pandemic, there's a couple things that groups are going to be so powerful with because we're all community driven. That's why we're at the, at the fourth block of the show on, on, you know, um, the trending topics. We're wanting to uh, focus on fellowship so much because it's a key component to group life, but I'll touch more on that later, but understanding that throughout COVID uh, there are four things that I want you to, to just don't miss uh, and as we, you know, you know, just wrap up this regathering phase of what, you know, we've been learning in uh, through the Saddleback Scoop. But uh, one of them is that if the world likes what they see, they will listen to what we say. And non-believers are looking at how the church responds, both corporately through temple courts and also what is being said in your small groups. Is it divisive? Is it not uh, in harmony? It does it not have unity? But if the world likes what they see, they'll listen to what you have to say. Another uh, great learning that well, we focus on in Regathering is uh, before they believe in Jesus, they need to believe in you. And it's this the whole principle that uh, you only win your friends to Jesus. And so, uh, you know, as I've been talking with my neighbors, it, we've just had a very exciting that, you know, we have some some of our neighbors who are, uh, you know, just putting their toe in the water at Saddleback and seeing what it's like. And, uh, you know, I just want to, I'd love to be able to think that, you know, they've not seen me as a as a Bible thumper, but as a friend that that comes along them and just as a, as a good neighbor. Uh, a third thing that's going to be important for you and your small group ministry, and this is very specific for how you're going to lead your small group ministry, is that there are three types of, you know, the, the motivational side, the visionary side, the things that you want to be able to uh, pull into your small group ministry. And there, there's a balance in each one of these, and it's going to be important that you understand what type of leader you are for your small group ministry. But as you're as you're coming out of COVID, there's uh, predominantly what we focused on throughout this COVID time was more um, lift up uh, type. I mean, let me give you the three: it's lift up, build up, fire up. And the the lift up type of um, uh, training you've been doing or learnings that you've been doing or sharing that you've been doing, they're, they're predominantly focused around comfort uh, and, and have not all of our small groups totally needed so much of this in those early stages of, of the pandemic. And it was one of our great learnings that, you know, the, the, the lift up pieces, the, the trainings that we did, the encouragement that we did, refocusing not so much on trying to get through a curriculum, but just lifting each other up. And, and they were more their hold up messages. Um, now, the, the downside of that is um, you don't get much action happening. Uh, but, you know, during the pandemic, didn't need that as much. You just needed to comfort, to lift up. 
there's also the type of leadership you have, which is build up, and that's edification. Uh, that's explaining. That's uh, helping them understand. Uh, it's it's you know it's just pulling them through all the the nuts and bolts of your small group ministry and how it runs and the important things that uh, you know make it healthy. And then in your small group ministry, the the third a third part of that is fire up, and that that's exhortation, that's vision casting, that's mobilization, that's what's the next hill, where are we going? Uh, the downside to the buildups part is you can get a big head because all you're doing is just learning. The downside of the fire up stage is you know you can burn them out if you're not too careful if you're always charging hills one after another. So you know one of the things we've learned in this pandemic is you know lift up, build up, fire up. And which type of leader are you? I tend to be more of a fire up uh, leader. So what can happen is is you know the vision casting and the mobilization and hill after hill after hill can burn out the small group pastors that that we have working for us at Saddleback, can burn out the hosts that we have, the community leaders. And so there's just a balance that uh, we've learned that through that, through uh, this COVID time. And then the fourth thing I would just say as we're regathering is the importance of journaling. And again, we're not talking about uh, a diary where you're, you know, saying, you know, Dear diary, this is what I did today, which is, I know Derek does that quite a bit. Uh, but uh, I'm talking about journaling and journaling is this, you know, what did God show you in this week? And I hope you, you can spend some time to look back over this last year, this pandemic. And the three parts of how I encourage you to journal is, you know, review review what you've been going through. And, you know, you get the beauty of like um, what David shows in the Psalms of all the, of the ugly and the painful and, you know, those things that you can review, but also the silver linings uh, that are happening throughout this pandemic that are exciting for you. Another part of journaling, you do it so that uh, you don't make the same mistake again. Um, When you journal, you know, some of the, your pitfalls and some of your problems and some of your hangups that you've had through the last year, that it it helps you to understand and learn so you don't make the mistake again. But the third thing is, is that you can share with others uh, with what you're trying to do. And so, you know, as we look at this regathering, you, you understand, you know, where people are at, you understand, you know, what you have learned through uh, COVID, but what's going to be important as you're leading your small group ministry is I would encourage you to focus uh, not only on the first Chronicles 1232, you know, they understood the times and they knew what to do, but focus really well on understanding what this pandemic has taught us, where you want to go, both as our great commission to reach unbelievers, uh, but at the same time to balance your small group leadership with do you need more lift up? Do you need more build up? Or maybe you need to go more the fire up. So uh, there's lots of things that you can learn from this this block in the show that we're doing. But uh, I would encourage as you're regathering, don't miss a lot of those um, beautiful pieces. Because although we're ministering in a high zone of change and chaos, there's also a lot of beauty that you can have in your small group ministry. Well, that was your Saddleback Scoop segment, and that was a big scoop. What a way to start the show. Onto our Network Nugget segment. Uh, Steve, I know I've got some stuff to share in this uh, segment, which is always one of my favorites, but I think you're going to start off with something exciting. Yeah. No, um, 
As we look at the network nuggets, you know, some of the exciting things, we just, we just met with the leadership team. Um, we normally do a little bit of a retreat every year because of the pandemic. We, we did it virtually, and uh, it was great to gather with the 40, 50 leaders of the uh, small group network from all phases uh, of, our, of our leadership segments um, that, that we have in the network. But, you know, the, the pr- one of the great things that we, we wanted to really emphasize on was a huddle in every c- major city uh, around the world. And part of it, I would encourage you, where, wherever you're listening, the, you probably heard the term huddle. You've seen it uh, all through our social media. You've seen us talk about it a lot. But what, what a huddle is, it is a gathering of two to four times a year with you and some small group point people in the area that you live in. And when I say that, it's going to be important for you to understand that, you know, most small group point people in churches, they may not, um, they, they may not be paid. They may not be on staff. And so uh, it, it's gathering people. You may be for a breakfast, uh, maybe for a lunch or a dinner or something like that. But what it is, is it's getting with like-minded people to learn from each other the, the beauties of, you know, what's happening in their small group ministry. And part of iron sharpening iron is you got to get around other pieces of iron so you can, uh, you know, you can learn from each other. And why this is so important, why huddles are so important, why my huddle is so important here in Southern California is because not only do I get great learnings, but... They, they can be your staff that you don't have. You know, at Saddleback, it's a large church. I have, there's lots of small group pastors that I can gather with that I, we can get, you know, mutual learnings from. And we almost have a huddle, you know, all the time in, at Saddleback Church. But the beautiful thing is, is you don't have a small group staff. Your huddle can be your staff. And not only can they be support and encouragement, but they can also be the learnings that you're trying to do from, you know, from brainstorming together. And how this can happen is the, the big aha with huddles is smaller is better. And when you're just gathering with, you know, two or three other small group point people, you can get that camaraderie that you need from each other, but you can also um, get some learnings that their churches are having. And in its, um, I, Derek, I love what you always say about this. Is but it's it's like a a small group for small group point people. And so I would encourage you to learn more about a huddle, what a huddle can do for you. But uh, if if you go on um, our huddle page uh, on the website and you don't see anything happening in your community, it doesn't take much. Uh, when I started mine, it was just I grabbed one other person. And I said, hey, let's do lunch together. And then we'll put it out to anybody who wants to join us. And whoever does, does. Whoever doesn't, at least if nobody joins us. I know I've got lunch with a friend uh, that's doing small group ministry at a church in our our local area. So uh, I would just encourage you in the Network Nugget. It's something we want to push through through 2021. uh, Because if there's one thing we did notice through the pandemic, how much small group point people were caught off guard because they didn't have the support and the resources uh, that they needed. Derek, what was uh, anything to add or what was your, your thoughts on uh, the network nugget? Yeah, I would remind listeners, go to uh, smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash huddles. That's our official huddle page to see everything Steve was just talking about to start or join a huddle. But yeah, also we want to remind everybody that uh, we recently launched a new 
online training course. We've got several of them, but this one is called Youth Ministry, Why Small Groups Are a Big Deal and How to Build Them. And this course is taught by veteran Saddleback youth pastors. It includes seven HD video sessions, downloadable resources, lesson discussion questions, and what I really love about this course is it's it's laced with a lot of uh, youth ministry type humor uh, that makes it you know quite fun. And so uh, you can go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash courses to find this course and to see all of our other courses. And from there, you can watch the free video introduction to each and get some more information if you want to enroll. So that's uh, something new that we want to highlight for the Network Nugget. Yeah, Derek, one of the things I, I loved about that is I watched it uh, and, you know, it was, you know, when I was a student pastor, man, do I wish I would have had that. So if you've got a student pastor that you may not be directly, I mean, I'm not directly over our, our KSG, our kids small groups or our life groups, our student small groups, uh, but I sure do interface with them. And if you got somebody uh, in student ministry that is, you know, um, you know, a counterpart to you, or they're trying to do small groups, man, it's so helpful. So, so helpful. And I would just encourage you to uh, pass that course along to your uh, student pastor and really anyone who's doing children's. We also have a children's one that's already uh, debuted a, a number of months back. And I'd encourage you to pass that one along. So great resources for your church. Yeah. Last thing I've got with the network nugget is we just want to celebrate and highlight some of our new team members. Um, so we've got several teams that uh, make up the small group network. And so uh, we've got a care team and we've got a new care team member, Sarah, and uh, anybody can go to smallgroupnetwork.com and you can click on resourcing or actually connecting personally and, and you'll drop down, you'll see the care team there. And you're going to see Sarah and the other care team members we've got. And these people are just available for you. There are, uh, there are small group pastors who have decades of experience in serving in ministry, and they're just there to support and pray for really any of you that need it. So you can find their uh, bios there on the website. You can give them a call or email. And again, they'd love to encourage you to listen and uh, pray with you. So we got Sarah. We also have a new blogger, uh, Mike Bullock. And uh, Mike is just a great guy. I've met him at one of our Accelerate events uh, last year, I believe, or the year before in Houston. And uh, he's got a—he's actually an author and decades of experience in small group ministry. And we just posted his newest, his first article with us titled, Casting Vision for Community. You can go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash resources to read that. So welcome aboard, Mike and Sarah. And then... Lastly, I would say um, we've had a bunch of new regional leaders join our Latin America team, and this is really exciting um, to see all these guys coming on board. And um, let me pull up their names real quick. We got Camilo, we've got Ruben and Jose, and all these guys are um, overseeing different regions on our Latin America team. So their directo, director, Mauricio, is doing a great job of directing the Latin America team. So way to go, Mauricio, and welcome aboard, gentlemen. And uh, if anybody listening wants to join one of our many uh, leadership teams, whether it's a social media team, care team, whether it's the blogging team, 
or part of our connections team, like these regional leaders, uh, just let us know. Uh, send us an email at grouptalk at smallgroupnetwork.com, and we will get you plugged in. Yeah, there's so much exciting. I love hear, hearing all the new team members and just thanking God for every one of them that uh, they are showing up in their giftedness just to serve and help other small group uh, point people. And so uh, take advantage. I, I, I look through our website uh, periodically and just marvel that how I wish I would have had all these resources when I started out in small group ministry 35 years ago. And what a blessing it is just to see what God is doing and through these people standing up and just, you know, kudos to uh, all of you that are, I mean, our 12 directors, our 12 global directors that are helping uh, build the infrastructure and the, and the care, the care and the resource teams that we have there and to the communication side of it. Uh, that Derek is heading up, that is just touching so many people through our blogging, through our video, through our podcast, you know, through our social media. Uh, it's just amazing to see what God is doing. And so uh, just praising God for everyone. I just encourage you, use your giftedness and help out the Small Group Network on that. Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer, and I am interrupting this great episode of Inside Saddleback to talk to you about some great events coming up within the Small Group Network. We have a packed month coming up in the Small Group Network. Next week, we have Accelerate South Carolina, April 12th and 13th. And the following week, we have Accelerate Florida, April 20th and 21st. And we have Accelerate Las Vegas at the beginning of May, May 4th through the 5th. Make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events for more information. There's going to be events that you don't want to miss. So get your team together, get ready, and we'll see you at one of these events. Now we're going back to Inside Saddleback with Steve Bladen and Derek Olson. So that is our network nugget onto our leadership learning. Steve, what's the leadership learning you want to challenge our small group point people with this month? Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's somewhat of a basic one, but it's it's an important one. Uh, and as I'm you know looking at this third block, I'm just like going, you know, if there's an equation that's out there for each one of us, it's is that opportunity plus opposition will equal God's will. And when you're looking at uh, opportunity and then when you're looking at opposition, uh, when, you, when you look at this through the lens of a small group pastor, uh, we are in the best time uh, for evangelism. You know, as I started the top of the show with our regathering and just talked about evangelism and some of the phrases that are important to us, we are really in a zone. When you look at the the four soils parable that's in three of the four gospels where uh, three of the soils are bad. One of them is good. Uh, we have an opportunity because there are five major storms that have been working on the bad soil. And uh, when you look at those, you know, over the last year, we've had global infirmity. We've had social instability. We've had financial insecurity. We've had ra a racial inequity, and we've had political uh, in civil uncivility. And and when you look at these five, you know, big storms that that we have had in our uh, in our culture, and, and it's been pretty much planet wide evangelism is at a time that's better than ever. 
Now, when that is the opportunity, evangelism is what we're about. Of course, we want to grow them in the, all five of the purposes, uh, which we're going to touch on on the next block of, uh, you know, fellowship is the, the foundation to work through discipleship and serving and evangelism and worship. But when you, when you look at these five major storms that have just uh, taken through and plagued us, there, there is great opposition that is ahead of us. I mean, basically, the church only has a few hours a week. If someone goes to temple courts and house to house, uh, they, they've only got, you know, maybe two, maybe three hours a week. But, you know, there's 166 other hours or 165 other hours that are, are plaguing and moving people in directions that, you know, are contrary to what we want to see happen. And I would just encourage you that uh, as these storms are there, one of the greatest ways to maximize opportunity is for our small groups to, to listen to what people are saying and to minister where you're starting to hear pain. Um, I think it was C.S. Lewis that, that said, uh, God whispers in our joys, but he shouts in our pains. And uh, pain is just God's megaphone. And as group leaders, your groups have a, an amazing opportunity through these five storms to plant seeds of opportunity of the good news of what Jesus is all about. And groups not only can plant seeds of, you know, the gospel, but also minister to people in their pain. Um, you know, because like I said before, if the world likes what it sees, they're going to listen to what uh, you say. And that's why we've had so many people accept Christ through our food distribution, because there's been a high level of people that are just hungry. And if, if you've ever skipped a meal, you get a first world problem of hunger. But when you've been without food for a week or sustenance for out, what, what, without, you know, gone a week or so, you, you start to feel the pain, not only hunger pains, but you also start to feel the pain of the culture, of parts of the culture. And this pandemic has kind of given us a little bit of a distorted world because there's been people who've done quite well in the uh, during the pandemic. Uh, there's also been people who've done, you know, because all five storms have washed up onto their shore. Uh, it's been, you know, just a painful time. And the time has never been like the best time to for your small groups to be the friends to the people that are in their circles of influence. And we have spent so much time focusing on the opposition. I mean, um, a couple of shows ago, we listed like 12 opposition pain points uh, that were happening in your small group ministry that your church was brushing up against. We spend so much time uh, that we're getting focused on the opposition. We just missed the opportunity. And I think what I'd want to say to you as a small group point person in this um, leadership learning is part of what we've got to learn is that there's, there's going to be opposition. But if you want to see God's will really come to play, you've got to look at the opportunities that are before you. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a great scripture in, in uh, Ezra that talks about, you know, when they were coming back, when, the, when they were coming back out of, uh, the Israelites were coming back out of captivity, if I can get that story right, there, there were part of the people in Ezra 3 that were so excited 
about, you know, coming back and laying the foundation to the temple and reclaiming uh, their home uh, coming out of captivity for 70 years. But there were also people who remember what the temple was like, and they were very sorrowful, and they focused a lot on the on the sorrow. And there's some great leadership learning out of there because you can focus on the opposition or you can focus on the opportunity. And I get that both are important, but sometimes there's a dis- distorted amount of of motion and conversation that is spent on one versus the other. And so often we lose sight that people will focus on what was. And I've seen that at Saddleback, that there's a lot of our core that miss what it was, and uh, they're very frustrated, but they don't see the opportunity that uh, God has been bringing to us. And so I would just encourage you in this particular block is that, you know, focus on the time of what God's given you. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny that in the uh, Greek, there's actually two words for time. There's uh, uh, chronos, and there's kairos. And uh, kairos is really meaning the opportunity, the season, the fitting time, uh, you know, what's before us. And chronos is generally more chronological. It's more the order. It refers to more like a clock keeps time or things that can be measured in seconds and minutes and hours and years. Um, but a sequential moments uh, that are expected in chronos is is emphasizing, you know, the duration of time. But Kairos is really looking forward to, you know, the the right timing, the seizing the opportunity or the season that, that we're coming in. And when you think of your small group ministry, think of it uh, this way. Do you want to do things right or do you want to do the right things? And when you're wanting to do things right, and this is my Achilles heel right now, you think of Kronos. You know, I'm always thinking, you know, hey, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. But what I would encourage you to do, and this is, you know, like I said, my Achilles heel, and I've got to really get my head around these things, I because I like to do things right. But what's going to be important thing is to do the right things. And that's the opportunity portion in your small group ministry. Both are important. But in your small group ministry or the area of your church, you know, you work in in your, your leadership, you're going to gravitate to one of those two time frames. And Kronos uh, would be doing uh, things right. Kairos would be doing the right things. And so when you're looking at opportunity, you're going to have the opposition. We've talked a lot about that over the last number of podcasts. But when you're looking for the opportunity, remember, both of these, these times are important. But in order to align, you need to know where you and your leadership and your church's culture are leaning for you to seize the right opportunity that God is giving your culture. So opportunity plus opposition will equal God's will. Make sure you you tackle both of them in the right frame of what kind of time you're going through. That was a great leadership learning. Thanks for that, Steve. On to the grand finale, the trending topic. And in this episode, we're talking about the five levels of true fellowship. Take us home, Steve. Yeah. And this is what I mean. I've been waiting for this because fellowship and true authentic fellowship, when I'm saying the word fellowship, is the foundation for the 
other four verbs in the Great Commission and the Great Commandment to happen, which is discipleship. How do you get people to serve? How do you get people to evangelize? And how do you get people to worship? And this is a great, uh, these five levels, I would just encourage you to give them to your small group leaders. Uh, we call them hosts and have them analyze where they're at in the levels of fellowship, because every level is important, but more times than not, churches deem fellowship as coffee and cookies, spending about 10 to 15 minutes together and staying at one level, maybe the second level. But what I want to encourage you to do is in your small group ministry is as we are been regathering, as we're resetting 2021 and trying to look forward to what's going on, I want to encourage you post-Easter, what we've just gone through is really start to hone in on your groups and saying, which level are they at and which level do they need to get to? Because, you know, we say it all the time, you want to get people to confess temptation before they are confessing sin. And part of what you have to understand is the degree and the level of where your small group is at, where your small group ministry is at with all their small groups is going to be determining how authentic your fellowship is. So let me go through these really quick. There are five S's, no shock right there. First level is sharing. Now, sharing usually starts with very cliche surface talk, you know, hey, how are you? How's your day? I'm good. You're fine. How are you doing? It's really a superficial level. And uh, But sharing is where friendships can start. And so you do need those sharing opportunities. You need those uh, times where you're just checking in with each other and seeing where you're at. But you want to take that to move to the next level, which is study. Now, study usually talk starts with the facts. Uh, this is where you know where where uh, you know you can be like a lawyer and you can just go through all these fact things. And it, it's sharing what you know. Uh, guys love to stay in the study level. They love to stay in this level number two because they can share stats. And you've heard Derek and I talk about that in college football. You can share stats till, you know, till you're, you know, you're just have wasted hours upon hours, but you know, you're, you're talking about what, what, you know, how to, to share, uh, you go a little bit below the surface level, but now you're just talking about, uh, you know, sports center. You're talking about, uh, the sporting events that you're in, uh, who's going to win championships, you know, who's going to, who's lost, you know, what do you know? What do I know? Uh, and this study, uh, you know, when it's, they, it starts with facts and stuff like that. But the dangerous thing is, is this study section can, can move very quickly just to what, what you're learning in curriculum, what, what you've studied about, what you've known about God's word. And you can almost get into the, the pinnacle of fellowship is Bible trivia. How much knowledge do you know? And it's a dangerous piece. It's an important piece. You've got to you've got to have cognitive, you know, values that are biblical. But if you can, if you just stay at the study section, you can really miss where God's wanting you to go to. The third level is serving. Serving starts with you know uh, opinions. It's you're starting to share what you think. You're comfortable enough uh, to have civility in your small groups. Uh, I love that in many of our small groups, 
they are on different spectrum ends to many of the uh, the five storms that we talked about in the last block. You know, uh, you know, global inform in, in, infirmity, uh, social instability, financial insecurity, racial inequity, political and civility, and um, you can have you know people on different views. But in this third level, you're you're able to start with sharing your opinions. Uh, you know, you start to uh, go through these different moments that uh, you, you, you're sharing, you're getting a little bit of vulnerability out there saying, you know, this is what I believe about, you know, X, Y, or Z, when somebody else you know in your group may not, but you can have civility that's starting to be presence in there. And you start to move from just the opinions in this phase to the pinnacle part of, you know, serving where you, you're actually, even though you may not agree on something, uh, this is where we can say, you know, um, you may not see eye to eye, but you sure can walk hand in hand in serving together, making a difference. Because um, when you serve together, this is what veterans through war feel, is when they serve together, they're at another level of, you know, fellowship that, that is out there. So you want to move from sharing to study to the serving to the fourth one, which is sacrificing. And this level, it, it starts uh, with emotional parts. You're sharing how you feel. You start to disclose about how things are impacting you. So you're not talking about opinions, but you're sharing how you've been feeling about those opinions, how you've been, how they've connected to you. And this helps us to not only connect with each other, but to empathize with each other. Uh, no matter what you're talking about in the storms that we've gone through, when you move from opinion to sharing what you feel like, and what happens is when you share the emotions that you feel, your small group should start to go into this level of sacrificing where you know, you're, you're sacrificial for the person, that your empathy level kicks in. You know, one of the things we've noticed that through civil unrest is that when you are in a multi-ethnic small group, your empathy rises because you start to feel what other people that are different than you are starting to feel. So it's in that sacrificial level where the emotional part is, you know, taking you from just opinions that you have and you're able to talk about with civility to taking it deeper. And then the fifth level, so you've gone from sharing where it's just, you know, cliche, it's talking to the study where you're, you know, start with facts, but you're actually learning biblical stuff to uh, the serving, which starts with opinions, but you, you're able to serve together uh, in some of those opinions uh, to sacrificing where you're connecting the emotional part behind the opinions. And then the last what level is suffering. And suffering starts with the transparency of really sharing who you are. And it's the deepest level of communication. Um, it requires the most vulnerability and it requires the most authenticity to be able to share what you're going through. It tends to be the quickest path to reconciliation because you're of the level of sharing that you're at. But this starts with transparency and it, it it's risky, man. I'll tell you. Uh, but when the pain level is high enough with you, sometimes, you know, that's when groups share in transparency. 
But uh, but when it's built naturally and organically, you start to get to real, authentic fellowship when you get to this fifth level of suffering. Uh, you know, Paul in Philippians is always, you know, sharing his pain together and he sympathizes with, uh, you know, uh, feeling with people to empathy, uh, that he's willing to go through it with people. And so as you look at these five levels here, here's what I would challenge you to do in your small group. When you look at sharing, study, serving, sacrifice, and suffering, start with your own small group and say, where, where are you at in your own small group? Before you start looking at the small groups throughout your small group ministry, Look at where you're at, because the deeper we can go organically, and but what I mean by that is if you're just starting a group out and in week two or three, someone jumps down to the suffering level when the other levels haven't been built up, it's called unequal disclosure, and it can set a real awkward phase in the group. It's not unrecoverable, but it's just something you got to realize. But as you're looking through your own small group, where are you at and where do you need to go to in, in true fellowship, authentic fellowship, so that your small group can be a model for your other small groups? And then as you're starting to look into your uh, the health of your small groups that you're ministering to as the small group point person, Start to look through and say, hey, what level of fellowship are they at? Because if you've gone through this pandemic and you're still in the sharing level or still in the study level, you've missed the beauty of what the gospel is talking about in true, authentic fellowship. So I just encourage you as we wrap up this podcast, uh, start to look at those five levels and uh, see where you can go in your own small group ministry. Those are the five levels of true fellowship. And Steve, I liked on the last one, number five, suffering. Um, you shared the deepest level of communication require the most vulnerability and authenticity. So good. So, so good. Well, we hope that you uh, were encouraged by this episode and we hope you have an amazing rest of the month of April. Thanks again so much for spending part of your day with us. And until next time, goodbye. See you later, everyone. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.